on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgianos. In this first vibe today, I want to quickly tell you what we're going to talk about today. It has a very overarching theme, and I will tell you about that in just a moment. Overarching theme is this idea of fifth generation warfare. I had an amazing story to tell you from yesterday, but fifth generation warfare, you're the target and America's the victim. Uh, COVID and fear and the vaxes, transgenderism and our war on children, the Ukrainian leak, Trump derangement syndrome, and riots and crime. And even though those may seem like they're not too connected, they actually really are. They're all part of this overarching um, theme of fifth generation warfare. And I want to just start the show by reminding you of a scene. Many of you probably saw it from Star Wars and, and maybe know it by heart. But it's when you're watching the power of Obi-Wan Kenobi to simply control the thoughts of the enemy troops that are looking for the droids. So if we can quick play that, Mr. Emilio. Three or four seasons? They're up for sale if he wants them. Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. He can go about his business. You can go about your business. Move along. Move along. Move along. Okay, so why to play that? Because, you know, everyone loves that scene. I mean, I happen to love the whole Star Wars series. There were actually a lot of deep kind of points, almost spiritual points that were made during that film. But obviously the little clip that I just played, it is the idea that when someone else's thought, someone's thought can be controlled by the Force, then you make terrible decisions. I mean, the guards were supposed to be looking out for the droids, just sitting right in front of them, and they end up saying, these are not the droids you're looking for. They are hypnotized mesmerized, they are brainwashed, whatever word you want to use. And so now I want to tell you what happened yesterday uh, on Sunday here in the great state of Texas. I moderated an event and it was around COVID. It was the, the topic was COVID. The sponsoring organization was the, a group called Dallas Jewish Conservatives. And in fact, the founder and the president of that group, uh, Benji Gershon was on the show couple weeks ago. And so basically, uh, it was a program to present to a, it was a large audience. It was a big studio audience um, in a theater. 
and they were basically talking about different aspects of COVID. And so they had first someone who did a really stellar job just presenting um, the where we are in the Texas legislature, like you know why in the Texas legislature, what bills are pending that relate to vaccine freedom. You know that she heads up an organization, Texans for Vaccine Choice. She kind of ran through the bills that are pending. The next speaker was a guy uh, who's been on the show before. He wrote this book, and I'm going to hold it up uh, for our, those who can see the show. It's called The Wuhan Incident, by, and the subtitle is Bioweapons and the Emerging Global Reset by Mark Fulmer. This is that book. I urge you to order that on Amazon or wherever else you can find it. It's a really great book to understand. The short story is he is a bioterrorism mega expert. It was his career. It's his, what he, you know, did for a living, what he understands. And so he, um, in this book, in this talk yesterday, in his book, he laid out in this big screen for the whole um, theater audience to see a sequence of events over, starting over a decade ago, early in the 2000s, essentially running through all the steps that were obviously being taken by the federal government and by private foundations, Bill Gates and others, to kind of prepare the world for a, a pandemic, a COVID pandemic, to prepare the world for a COVID pandemic, how the government would operate, what they would do to convince people to do whatever the government told them. Uh, and, and I mean, and study after study, these episodes they created were actually entirely, entirely, uh, they were a, a, like, a, like a blueprint, like a plan for what actually did occur when the COVID pandemic uh, came along in um, 2020. And actually, uh, this guy is also, uh, he used the title for his talk, his portion of the talk yesterday, The Plandemic. So, okay, so people in the audience, they've heard the lady running through, this really bright woman uh, running through her, what's happening in the legislature. Then you have Mark Furman uh, running through, uh, you know, what he tells in his book. I urge you to get the book, but how you can see the steps that were put in place by people in authority in our country um, to plan for what then became the pandemic of 2020. In fact, there's a third film, the, uh, a th of Plandemic 3 film coming out, I think next month. Um, and it is, it is laying out yet more proof of this pandemic having been planned. So then the next speaker was a guy um, who's a brilliant doctor uh, and he's worked, he worked at Johnson Johnson for years. Um, he is a, a guy whose job it was, you know, he's a medical doctor, his job it was to examine the contents and safety of the medications before they release them to be used uh, for public consumption at Johnson Johnson. He has since become focused very much on COVID and he prepared, I, I actually, because I was moderating, I read through a, a lengthy piece, a document that he had prepared. He had just done a presentation to a group within CDC, NIH and FDA, basically saying, here are all the reasons you should have known the COVID vaccines are really bad. They were poorly tested, if at all. I mean, he runs through dangers, danger signs, protocols, I mean, it is just a, a lot of it was more complex with medical terms that I don't know, but it was a, an overwhelming presentation. And, and even if you couldn't follow all of his data, which were quite complex, you could draw from the conclusion, which he said, you know, essentially that the study that the, they relied on early on in 2020 to say ivermectin is not effective, can't really help people with COVID. That study, you know, he said it took him about 30 seconds to find the fatal flaw in that study. 
meaning they knew that that study was invalid, and yet they shut down reliance on, they shamed and punished doctors trying to even work on uh, uh, treating patients with, with, um, who had COVID with ivermectin. A very, very substantive, detailed presentation. Okay, the last speaker then at this event yesterday was someone that uh, many of you have heard about many times, Dr. Robert Malone. And I'm gonna tell you about Dr. Malone's presentation because it ties to the whole thing I wanna talk about today in the show. He got up and uh, in this audience, he has a very um, calm demeanor, a calm presence. And he just stood up in front of the room and said, I wanna talk to you about fifth generation warfare, 5GW, fifth generation warfare. And so he talked, he had, I think 30 minutes allotted to his speech. First 15 minutes, he talked about what fifth generation warfare is. And I know you've heard the term and I've, ha I've done shows on it before. I'll tell you one book I've read and I will tell you, it gives a somewhat of a hint of what it was. This book um, happens to be by Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. It's called The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, Introduction to 5GW. This is his book. There are numerous other books out there that try to do the same thing. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, it, anyway, I wanna really, um, focus on this idea of fifth generation warfare, what he had to, um, uh, what Flynn said about it. Actually, I'm gonna tell you quickly what Flynn, when he talks about what fifth generation warfare is, he's talking about the idea that, you know, we think of warfare, we even, you know, people living in modern times today, you still picture what happened in Vietnam, or World War One, World War Two. you picture bombs and bullets and, and, and you know, uh, massive explosions and gunfire. That's what you picture. And you may even picture hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know, from Vietnam, the trench warfare, that kind of stuff. But what Flynn is saying, he goes through the five generations of warfare, which are not relevant to this discussion today, but basically saying the fifth generation warfare, the entire battle space is cognitive. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. It's what, so fifth generation warfare, it is targeting the mind of the people you want to overtake. And what what and, and what happened yesterday in this talk that uh, Dr. Robert Malone gave, at, at least the first 15 minutes were on how fifth generation warfare works, how they decide who the they is, we'll get you later. They decide what you want, they want you to think, how they want you to think about something, whether it's COVID, whether the masks work, whether the vaccines are safe, whether or not the ivermectin, other treatments were safe, whatever the issue is, they decide what they want you to think. And then it's not just like, you know, the government calls everyone on the phone and says, hey, by the way, here's what you're supposed to believe. But it's a constant pummeling of the American public through media sources of all kinds, a pummeling of media sources. I mean, literally from every direction you look, you're being told this. And so pretty soon you start to think, well, gee, you know, I, I used to think that um, you know, that uh, ivermectin worked well because my doctor told me it worked well because, you know, my doctor prescribed it or whatever your reason is. But when you're told often enough, you're told what to think and the level of complexity and depth and subtlety and dishonesty that is used in the fighting of this fifth generation warfare, this warfare the control for the control of your mind, what you think. What Malone's point was yesterday, Dr. Robert Malone's point was in his presentation is, this is what happened to us in COVID. This is what happened. It was a fifth generation warfare effort to bring out to the American people 
you know, the notion you must be submissive, you must take whatever jobs you're told to take, you must wear masks when you're told to, you must, and the other pieces of it that he brought out was they really, within this manipulation, they urge the American people to truly, deeply, angrily distrust each other to literally rise to the level of almost hatred for someone who wouldn't do exactly what the government was implying, was manipulating them into thinking they should do. So they were people being manipulated into being submissive, do as you're told, hate everybody else who not just disagree or even respectfully and firmly disagree, but to turn on and, and, and vilify and just cancel essentially anyone who won't agree with you. That was what he was talking about. And he talked about within people on the conservative side of the aisle who still believe in freedom, still believe in the Bill of Rights, still believe in healthcare freedom. You know, we can't be turning on each other either. And I've said that on many issues in this show, the turning on of each other happens. It's a manipulated thing. You hear people who are beginning to understand the truth on many enormously consequential issues. And before long, you see them pitted against each other. And accusing each other and well I'm not with her I'm only with him or something like that and his whole point was you know we have to be and he did close with a couple of points he was saying you know the important thing is to recognize you're being manipulated you and, and all of America being manipulated on countless issues and he did also make the point you know you get to the truth you, you have to do your own research you can't just be um, lured in by the first thing you read or what seems to be the majority opinion on social media or seems to be the majority opinion uh, in the in the outlets you know in, in the news outlets and you know even social media people used to think well that's a pretty safe place for conservatives because a lot of voices but you know even within social media you're well aware I'm sure that the government figured out uh, you know within the last five or more years, they can use social media to control what you believe. The Biden administration uses social media to control what you believe. The Department of Homeland Security controlled what you believe to be true on Twitter and Facebook regarding the Hunter Biden laptop and countless other issues. So if you really want to hold on to truth, you've got to decide that you're going to dig in and not and, and recognize when you're being manipulated and then go with and search for the sources that you trust. We're going to be on this much, much more, but um, that, that segment I just ran through about it was of COVID and the fear and the vaccines. Uh, basically, this fifth generation warfare mindset has been used against the American people uh, to the point that many people can't exactly precisely figure out what's true. They kind of know there was probably a problem with the vaccines and, and maybe something wasn't quite right with the vaccines, but you know, overall the government meant well. And that's why I thought yesterday's, I'll, I'll close out this thing about yesterday's uh, program uh, that did deal with COVID and the fear and the vaccines, which was you walked away realizing you have people trying to bring healthcare freedom and vaccine freedom to the people of Texas. You have opposition in the Texas House and Senate, some even from the, those you would, allege, you would think were conservative. You don't have a clear path to victory for any of these bills protecting healthcare freedom. You have overwhelming data that show that this pandemic was a plandemic. I mean, you can't ignore the evidence once it's right in front of you in bullet point form. And then you have evidence of the FTC and the and the NIH and the you know the entire federal apparatus CDC ganging up on the American people, ganging up on the American people and spreading what they want you to believe. And by the way, while I'm talking about that, there are still 
efforts being made to shut down doctors and healthcare prov providers who in any way challenge the efficacy of the vaccines or the safety of the vaccines. Our show Thursday, we're bringing, we're actually flying in from Houston, Dr. Mal, excuse me, Dr. Mary Tally Bowden, who is literally facing a battle with the Texas Medical Board because she said things that were true about ivermectin and prescribed ivermectin to COVID patients. She's had over 5,500 COVID patients in her practice, all survived, nobody died. And she is being pursued by the Texas Medical Board. She had her privileges taken away from the hospital where she used to work. So this, if you think this battle over COVID and truth is kind of last week's news, Please understand, in the minds and the hearts and the lives of doctors in this country, it's still a major battle. And, and you know, you can question whether it is a Texas medical board, understand the facts that how well ivermectin has worked and hydroxychloroquine, and you know, there were studies about that galore, the government ignored those, inhaled budesonide. Uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett, great friend of this show, has exposed how all that worked and how it was targeted and he was targeted for just raising these things. And I'll tell you something else, this fifth generation warfare, this, this goal to manipulate your mind, when that effort is made to make you fearful, to make you turn against your friends, it's also being targeted at professionals in this country. And you end up having doctors who pretty much know what works and they've seen what works, but they don't want to be the next victim of this assault by those in power. So they go along with, oh yeah, vaccines are safe. Don't worry about it, they're really great. Plenty of doctors will say this. And you know, I don't, I, I'm not a doctor. I, well, I'm real, I am an advocate for America, for America's foundational freedoms. And I'm an advocate for the idea that individual doctors have, must have the right to practice medicine in this country free from the amazing, it's just an overwhelming, it's a tsunami of effort out of the biopharmaceutical uh, FDA, you know, industrial complex in Washington, trying to force on the American people things that doctors don't think should be forced on them. I could go more on by that, but, but there's a bunch of issues I want to keep um, hitting today. I'm still in this segment. Um, so the next big one I want to hit is transgenderism and the war on children. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something interesting about transgenderism. Um, I, you know, we have talked about this issue on my show a variety of times and, um, and, and in this segment, I'm going to talk about two different things on the war on children. Uh, but one is on transgenderism. Uh, I didn't know if you knew, uh, what percentage of young people today say that they are transgender, that, that they really are, they are the gender opposite of what their body is opposite of what they are. And I mean, I actually thought it might even be higher, but at least a year ago uh, in a national study, 5%, 5%, five out of every 100 young people say that transgenderism is, uh, that they are transgender, that they, they have one, a body of one sex, but they really are the other. And I was so grateful for a, a great uh, thinker who's been on our show many times, Sam Faddis, Back Sam spoke at our uh, summit last year, our Women for Freedom Summit, and he's written on the idea and very directly says transgenderism is a Marxist psychological operation against the American people, against people around the world. That we did not suddenly have in this world, you know, a, a minute, whatever the percentage was historically, a minute, 
you know, well under 0.00000 number of people who thought they were the other gender than they really are. And all of a sudden, an explosion in the last five years, and now five out of every 100 people, young people, claim that they are the opposite gender than they really are. This did not happen organically. Sam Favs is talking about it. It's an operation. It's an effort. It's a psychological attack. It's a manipulation against the people. So 5% of young people say they are transgendered. I want to share some stuff with you that I, um, I have been reading a little bit more about the source of this transgender um, lunacy. Um, and part of it was there's a guy who um, was the kind of guru, the father of this uh, gender ideology. And his, his last name happened to be Money, like the word money. So Dr. Money had written a book about the idea. He proposed this brand new concept in the world of psychiatry that your gender is really in your thought. It's whatever you think you are. So you might really be, you know, whatever you are physically and really, uh, but you, you really might be the other thing. It's an entirely mental construct. This Dr. Money had the occasion to work with this set of twins, uh, one of whom, twin boys, identical boys, uh, one of whom had a horrible uh, accident at, in childhood um, and, and really uh, was pretty much through this process ended up um, mostly losing most of his penis. And so there was not a, uh, there's a big challenge, obviously. The parents, uh, desperate for what had happened to their very, very young baby or I guess, you know, young, young toddler, uh, contacted Dr. Money. And so he worked with this family over the years uh, because they'd heard, oh, he can make him into a girl. So they began this process of, of submitting him to uh, testing and then providing all sorts of hormones and other injections, surgical changes, trying to make this boy into a girl. Raise this boy as a girl, they tried to do that. And the short story was, uh, you know, that the twins had both had horrible endings of their lives. Uh, one took his own life, and the other one had um, major, major drug problems, I believe died of, a, died of a drug overdose. But the other thing I learned recently, so it was a, it was a monumental failure, monumental failure, what this guy, Dr. Money, tried to come up with. And yet somehow, I don't know if it like titillated the, the senses of people who were uh, working in the transgender world, but they ended up, this ideology has grown and grown until where it is, it's a psychological operation. It is not a real thing. It's not a real biological thing. It is just a pretend thought up by, by this guy, Dr. Money, and now inflicting itself on so many Americans who are going through horrific circumstances, just horrific, you know, um, efforts to try to get their, their head straight, their, their clarity back and their thinking. Um, and so this kind of segment I'm on right now, uh, kind of wrapping up is transgenderism by itself is an assault on America's children. Another assault on America's children that is psychological. It is, it is due to the choices made by policies in this country has to do with the number of children engaging in very violent crime, engaging in just, uh, you know, an extraordinary amount of violence in this country that we have pretty much allowed to happen. We've pretty much allowed, you know, to say, but I want to talk about two sources of it, because again, this is an ideological attack on America and on the people of America. And so you had um, in the... Um, I'm sorry, I do want to go back. I, we were on the transgender thing, just, just to show you how completely uh, loopy we have gotten uh, on this subject before I get off this. Um, so we've gotten so loopy on this subject of transgenderism that two things happen naturally in far left-leaning states, but you should know about them. 
one in the state of Washington. The legislature has now passed. Both houses have passed. It's expected the governor will sign a law that says that they, the state of Washington, can take a child away from his or her, and there are only two genders, his or her biological parents, if those parents in any way interfere with or will not go along with a child's expressed interest in gender transition. This is an attack on the family. It's an attack on, on everyone of faith because uh, Judaism, Christianity, uh, many of the world's faiths recognize uh, something spiritual about creation and they recognize the primacy, the right and primacy of parents to raise their children. So obviously parents cannot raise their children and keep them if they you know, physically abuse them or try to starve them to death or something horrible. We obviously will, will take a child in that case, but this has become so normalized, this complete farce thought up by Dr. Money about tr the transgender ideology, transgender as you, know, you are what you think you are, has gone so far that the state of Washington, the legislature now passed the idea that if your child in Washington says he or she wants to do a gender transition and you, the parents, stand in their way, they can take your child away. I just want you to think how, I mean, that just shows you, it almost really proves the, a couple of really important things. It proves that this whole movement is an attack on families and on faith, especially families of faith, because many parents object to transgenderism on the ground of their faith. So it's an attack on people of faith. It's an attack on the family as a primal, primary unit in America, the way kids grow up and learn about life and their identity and their place and their purpose and their opportunities, it comes from your parents. So, but in Washington state, they'll take your child away if you won't go along with this farce, this craze that uh, someday, I hope very quickly, will be extinguished because it's completely lunatic. Um, similarly, a similar thing in the state of Oregon, another left-leaning state, um, they've now said that an adoption, an adoption, and this is even of a child who's not a baby, adoption out of foster care, which is harder when older kids get adopted, an adoption um, cannot take place. You can't adopt. If you will not sign on when you adopt saying, yes, in case this child I'm adopting wants to, to engage in gender transition, decides that he or she wants to change genders, and you in any way interfere with their, quote, gender affirming care, if you won't sign on saying, I'll, I'll just back them 100%, you're not eligible to adopt. I mean, the, the speed with which this has become normalized in the society, I think is evidence. It's actually evidence of the fact this is a, it's a psychological operation. It is a brainwashing. It is a, it's a psychological attack on America and on parents to have this transgenderism just take over all rational thought. And even despite studies that show that even kids, younger kids who say, you know, I think I might be transgender, if you allow them to just grow up, you know, healthy and normal and physically and chemically intact, nearly all of them, by the time they get to young adulthood, are, are, are kind of done. I mean, done with the whole idea that, okay, that was something stupid I thought when I was young and they get over it. But where we are in this, in this instance is you, you don't really get to get over it. I mean, when these parents 
if you if you stand up for your child and your the right of your child to you know try to grow out of it you they'll take your child away in washington and you can't adopt in the state of oregon and these are just these are horrific attacks on the family the other thing I'm I want to talk about this kind of attack on the family in America. I mean, still, still, I'm still on the attack on children. Um, is what's really happened in crimes in our inner cities? And um, by the way, Mr. Emilio, I know the clip I sent you doesn't have any sound. I, it's fine. I don't need sound on this one. But um, so there were over this past weekend riots in this city, in this country. Now I don't know. You know, I, every time you think about what happened on January 6, and you realize the thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of times, those clips got replayed on media because it's a way to attack Trump and the and the, the uh, conservatives. The riots that happened in this country over the weekend, the only the ones, and there may have been more, but some were in Chicago and some were in uh, Compton, California. And these are literally young people in the streets at night, you know, rioting, jumping on cars, smashing cars, lighting cars on fire, smashing business windows, running in and stealing things, coming out. I mean, utter chaos. And so we have one clip to show you. This one's from Chicago. We'll quick show you what that's all about. And actually, you know, for, I'm sorry for our, I realize our radio listeners, you can't hear, um, or if you're just listening on audio, uh, it is just young people completely out of control, riding, stomping on cars, lighting fires, smashing windows in businesses, robbing them, and the police are kind of, I mean, and just massive hordes of people, police can't keep up with them, they can't control it. This is happening in Chicago, um, and, and as I say, it happened in Compton, California also. And and you know, it's just a, it's a picture of a parentless society. It's a picture of young people out of control and, and just a, a very dangerous society. It's kind of like a third world country where you wouldn't want to visit. Like if you saw the streets like were there, you'd think, what the heck happened to the culture, the family, the, the, the parents, where are they? And where is law enforcement? Law enforcement is just basically standing in, the, in these videos you were just watching. Law enforcement standing on the side, hoping they sure as heck don't get hit with something. So I want to just talk about, again, when I say America's under attack, and I was this is fifth generation warfare, part of what has morphed in American society is we used to have, you know, we, we certainly had anti-war protests in the 60s. And, you know, they were largely peaceful, although some got violent, but they're mostly peaceful. They were sit-ins, you know, they had, you know, music, concerts, whatever they were. Um, you know, they had that kind of protest. But this is just massive, violent crime in the streets. And part of what's happening, when I talk about fifth generation warfare, we have been manipulated by leftism, by just lawless, aggregated hate for America. We've been manipulated into thinking at least three things. One is that we can't stop this. Another is that somehow this is society's fault, that these young people, you know, um, they can't really be their fault. It can't really be theirs. And the other thing is that we can't, do, we, we can't stop it. We can't 
figure out the reasons. And so in Chicago, uh, they have this new, in fact, I think the current mayor who just lost her re-election is still technically mayor, so they have her around blathering, as well as the new mayor coming in, um, who is um, a guy who's coming in, to, and he's uh, maybe even further left than Lori Lightfoot, the, the current mayor. So the scenes in Chicago were just horribly destructive, business streets, you know, businesses, uh, police can't control it. We've come to think that this is a norm in America, that, you know, that they're just so upset. What, what can we expect them to do? And so they do these things, and these, it's kind of like the attitude that America was being asked to adopt by the propaganda media in this country during the Rodney King, not Rodney King, excuse me, during the George Floyd riots, when after the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis, and then you had a year of riots and, and tearing down of, you know, centuries old statues and, and, you know, desecration of buildings and burning buildings and, and killing people. We had a year plus of riots over the George Floyd incident. And because the police were unwilling to get them under control, and because the propaganda media propped it up, kind of subtly telling you, you know, really they've got a good point. We, we can't really stop them. I mean, in fact, there was one official, I think it was a mayor somewhere, who said essentially, you know, I, I think we just have to let them burn off a little steam. So we had destruction. We, we just, it's the loss of civilized society in our country and a loss of the expectation that we can do anything about it in a sense that somehow they're justified. So back in Chicago, and this, this all ties back to my fifth generation warfare thing, but back in Chicago, uh, this newly elected mayor, um, Johnson, uh, I forget his first name, but Mr. Johnson, new mayor, um, gave a speech in which he basically said, um, and there were, by the way, the cars on fire, building smash, what the heck, in no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the loop this area of Chicago, and lakefront this weekend. It is unacceptable. It has no place in our city. However, it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Our, our city must work together to create spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly under adult guidance and supervision to ensure that every part of our city remains welcome for both residents and visitors. I mean... I, I'm almost speechless. I'm never speechless, but I'm almost speechless about this because this is utter insane lunacy. Lunacy. He's pointing to kids in the street who are committing all of this, I mean, crime, obvious crime, and nothing will apparently happen to them. And he's trying to blame society, but these poor kids, says he, you know, they don't have, we have to have, create spaces for them to gather safely. I think we have that. I mean, we certainly have YMCA's all over the place. We have parks all over the place. And the point is, he's justifying crime. And what that subtle message is to you, the law-abiding citizen who's paying taxes, whose tax dollars will pay to clean up the mess, um, that you're really out of line if you can't see it's society's fault. I mean, the whole thing is so crazy, but it's the kind of lunacy the left has been introducing in our society. And it really is part of this intentional breakdown of America's 
sense of law and order, America's sense of structure and a sense of, of safety for the American people. It is just, it is being obliterated and, and actually the, the expectation of people ought to be able to commit crimes like that because they don't have a safe place to play uh, and, and do whatever they want to do is just a, it is preposterous. You know, I don't know if I have time to do this. I'm going to do a quick summary thing of thing I'll tell you about this story. When I've given speeches in the past, I've mentioned this story about my father's family. And um, I, I say it because whenever I hear these excuses like, well, of course they have to commit crimes and smash windows and steal things and burn police cars and riot and start fires because they're bored, because they don't have enough fun things to do, because they don't have a safe place to go. They have more safe places than, than, you know, than most people on the entire planet Earth but we tolerate their behavior because we don't have the backbone to say we won't accept it in America. So back to my father very quickly. My father was the middle um, of seven kids growing up in rural Minnesota, um, outside of Minneapolis. And um, they, their father, so my dad, middle of seven kids, uh, his father had left the family. So my grandmother had seven kids to raise by herself. And they didn't have any money. And they're all close in age. I mean, packed right in age, seven kids in a row, Grandfather has left. Grandmother has to work all night to earn money and get home in the morning, get them up, get them off to school. I mean, they live that way for years. For Christmas, my dad would say, you know, they would get like, it was a really big deal. Get a pair of socks because you needed socks. You didn't have any more socks that didn't have holes in them. And, my, and, and so the point was they went to church. They were taught, even as poor as they were, to try to think of nice things to do for the poor at Christmas time. They all finished high school. Nobody committed crimes. Nobody engaged in this kind of stuff. They all went on to college. Well, six of the seven went on to college. All finished high school. Six of the seven went on to college. One became a doctor. They all became successful and established families, like intact families with spouses and children, and raised those children with the same kind of work hard, do the right thing, be honest, you know, uh, don't break the law, don't be violent, uh, earn your way, all those things. They all did that. There are a lot, there's a lot more of that story I tell sometimes giving speeches. But the, the point is that in American society, my dad's story was really not that unique. There are many millions of families like this. It's a cultural shift that we have allowed this, this evil to infect our society where we say we just have to tolerate crime because after all, you know, they don't have enough to do otherwise. So we have to let them tear up the streets. We have to think of more ways. It's like Obama's midnight basketball leagues instead of, which ties in just perfectly with the other story I was gonna tell you related to this and children, which was a great piece uh, also written by this guy I like so well, Sam Faddis, when he's talking about, you know, part of what's happened to our families um, in this country, we've cultivated, permitted, and, and, and fed, and, you know, kept alive policies that we know destroy families. We've fed these. We figured out very early on, even if you thought that the Great Society was the greatest idea since sliced bread when Johnson brought it up in the 60s, everyone on us soon figured out that all that happened when we created massive dependency programs, reliance on government programs, welfare programs that, and we made people eligible if you had kids and you're a woman with kids and no husband around. And so we figured out in like in a nanosecond, metaphorically speaking, that 
all those going to happen is you're going to have a lot of kids with no dad in the home, no intact family. And so the families fell apart. You know, uh, my good friend, Alan West, frequently quotes the statistic is something like when the, um, it's close to this, it's like when uh, the welfare reform thing came along, the Great Society, you know, 80% of black children were being raised in two-parent households. And they had a mom and dad in the home. And they had the expectation of a family unit and going to church and being responsible. And after welfare reform got going, I don't know what year it was, but very recently it's still true, it was exactly the opposite. 80% of kids in the black community, and it isn't just a black community, it is not. It is whenever welfare mindset invades society, the reverse had happened. 80% of black children now born into single parent, into uh, single parent homes. The intact family unit been destroyed by government policy. And Sam Faddis's point and many others is, this is not accidental. This is no, we're allowing a, a mesmerism of thought, a, a control of thought, a manipulation of thought that says, we can no longer figure out what is the re, the way to hold families together that we can't figure it out. We're just we're just confuzzled. And so we let these policies get in place and stay in place that destroy families. And the crime areas are very tied to, in fact, the statistics show anytime you ever look at them, the kids who end up getting in trouble, arrested, in jail, in prison, are the ones who come from single parent homes. I mean, these are not rocket science observations. We just have to have the courage to address them and be honest about them and to fight back against this endless effort of the fifth generation warfare people who are all about really taking down American society. We have to fight back against them and find the courage to do the policies that will put the families and American culture back together again. Okay, I do wanna have another quick thing uh, related to um, this, you know, how we're being played by this fifth generation warfare manipulation of thought crowd. And that has to do is I'm gonna do the quickest uh, touching on it today. I'll probably come back to it um, shortly, but um, you likely heard that there was a uh, leak of um, information, vital, vital information leak um, that was uh, very embarrassing to America. It was a leak of the uh, data from uh, the Pentagon um, that was done by uh, Air National Guardsman Jack Texera. Um, he was arrested Thursday um, over allegedly having his um, helping in leaking uh, the Pentagon files. And these are files that revealed to America what is really going on with uh, in the Ukraine. I mean, it was a, and so I'm gonna skip over all the details. I may do it another day, but the gist of it is 21 year old guy, National Guardsman, he's arrested for leaking these documents that really show that pretty much the American people have been lied to by our government about the extent of our involvement in the Ukraine, that we do have people over in the Ukraine, American uh, troops over the Ukraine, that we are, we are the, the war is out of control. We are not winning. I mean, if you count we as the Ukraine, and I'm just a whole host of information uh, that really should help the American people figure out there's something really wrong with the way this government, this Biden administration, runs uh, our foreign policy. So, um, so he's arrested, and you know, right away, the, the, this is the whole mental manipulation thing, the fifth generation warfare, manipulate your mind. Everybody in media is 
focusing on and drooling over the question of, isn't it wonderful how we were able to so quickly find this leaker? And who is he? And let's hear every little detail about his life. Why would he do this? And so they're, they're focusing on him and focusing how brilliant the New York Times was because they apparently did the research that helped them identify the guy uh, who was then arrested for this, this, this very young guardsman. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, you know, who just is a, you know, she's bold and she's brazen. I've never observed her to be wrongly motivated. And when she is, she says things that other people in Congress won't say, but she had a statement out on Twitter and she about this arrest. And she said, ask yourself, who's the real enemy of a young, low level National Guardsman or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine a non-NATO nation against nuclear Russia without war powers. I mean, she hits all the points. We don't have a duty to defend uh, Ukraine. They're not in the NATO. We, Russia is nuclear and threatening us. War hasn't been declared. And so she's saying, it's like, we're all being played to focus on the guy. And, and you know, I mean, I'm not saying a leak of documents doesn't matter. But everyone's attention is being turned to, but look at what he, you know, this is just, uh, you know, who is this guy? Why would he do it? Blah, blah, blah. I saw a little interview. Uh, I didn't hear it. I mean, didn't have a video, uh, audio, but it just, he was quoted as last minute before he's arrested. He's making calls to people saying, hey, wait, wait, wait. This wasn't supposed to go this far. This wasn't supposed to happen. It sounds like, and I am now positing a theory and opinion First of all, many people are pointing out this guy at that level, a 21-year-old, he did not have access all by himself to this level of confidential information. He had to have been helped by other people. He did not have that kind of access. But what he said in these quotes is essentially, hey, what's happening wasn't supposed to go this far. And so I'm getting to the point, you know, the Biden administration is trying to push through the Restrict Act. And originally, the Restrict Act was supposed to be about TikTok, and then lo and behold, it turned out the Restrict Act doesn't in any way impact TikTok at all. But what it really was was a massive, massive grant of power by Congress to the federal agencies that spy on Americans, the NSA, anyone spying on American people, a massive permission slip from Congress to them, go right ahead, spy on anyone in America in any way you can think. Well, now, any way you can figure out, go ahead. It was it was horrible. And, and actually, fortunately, many people in Congress woke up and said, hey, wait a minute, I thought I was getting on board with, with regulating TikTok. Getting around the point to say, excuse me, <clears throat> point to say, Biden is now talking about, well, you know, we got to now really figure out here how this happened. We got to try to uh, protect sensitive information. We can't just have, you know, uh, this sensitive information uh, flying out there. So um, we, we uh, got to look at this. People, this is a, an operation to get people in Congress and maybe even the American people behind signing the Restrict Act into law because, you know, maybe if it had been in place, maybe the uh, whoever would have known that this young guy was going to release his information, but now we didn't know. And so look what happened to us. I mean, I'm telling you, it's an operation. It's an effort to get, I, I'm not saying the release did not occur. I mean, the release occurred, and frankly, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene's got the better point, not about why this kid did it, 
but this young man did it. But why isn't anyone talking about the fact that we're being betrayed by the Biden administration? We're in apparently in war with Russia that Congress has now declared and Russia's nuclear, we are risking nuclear war. All sorts of very serious national security experts are very concerned that we're moving toward actual war with Russia and their nuclear, and, and obviously we're nuclear power too. I mean, uh, you know, headed up by a doddering guy who can't even remember what day it is, who, you know, muffled a whole bunch of things he tried to say in his recent trip to Ireland, got back, announced earlier this morning, I guess I'm done for the day. So, I mean, the guy is not in charge. We don't know who is. I, I think I, I feel like Obama and his ilk are in charge. But no one is talking about that. They're all talking about, oh, isn't it so cool how the New York Times figured out who the guy was? So back to our point that uh, on this show today that is about this whole idea of fifth generation warfare, you are the you're the target. You're the one they're going to get. But America is the victim. The idea of much of the fifth generation warfare, the propagandizing of the American people, it is to manipulate what you think to get you to where you don't really think anymore yourself. You just kind of wait to be told what to think. And what you are being told to embrace is all about harming. It will take down America. It will take down America, take down our culture, our fabric. I mean, the whole notion of surrounding your healthcare freedom. I could have done a segment here on the border. We're having the federal government telling us all sorts of, I mean, I, I could run a montage of these government officials claiming the border's secure. What are you talking about? And everyone who goes there and they're on my show and they're showing video and they're revealing what's happening. And yet they treat you, the Biden administration treats you like they think they're Obi-Wan Kenobi and you're the idiots who can be easily manipulated. Those are not the droids you're looking for. And the guards go, oh, that's not the droids. Okay. The border is secure. Oh, okay. Well, the, you know, they said the border is secure. So I guess it's secure. I mean, you're being manipulated into foolishness, into accepting things that are not true and to therefore not guarding yourself and being and girding yourself with truth that would get you around to uh, to taking different action, doing different things. Um, I guess I already, I, I know Mr. Emilio, we can, um, uh, I don't need to have that last segment all at riots and crime. The last thing I'll just say, another whole manipulation topic that America has been treated to uh, since early 2015 has to do with Donald Trump. You know, when you think about Donald Trump, I mean, I, I told you the story many times on this show, um, I had, um, I've had different people on the show talk about how Donald Trump was perceived uh, in New York City before he became famous. He was a, before he ran for president. You know, he was famous. He was a Democrat. Everyone knew he was a Democrat. Candace Owens was on this show early on uh, before she became the big Candace Owens she is now. But she talked about when she grew up, she was poor, living in, you know, um, government housing um, and, and, you know, mostly hanging around the black community. And how everyone, as she's growing up back east, everyone in the black community idolized Donald Trump. They talked about what a great guy he is. He's so cool. They wanted to be Donald Trump when they grew up. They wanted to be rich like him. They wanted to be cool like him, have planes like him. I mean, he was idolized by the black community in New York or in, in the East Coast. I think she was more up in Connecticut, but whatever. The, the, especially as she's describing the low income, the black community where she grew up, 
people idolized and, and they thought he was great. He was a Democrat. As soon as he came along, ran for president, all of a sudden, you know, he was a racist. And, and this was one of her first, you know, eye-opening moments. She said, wait a minute, the same guy you've been idolizing for all these years, he's a racist? And so she, that's what caused her to, and what the left hates when you do, is think for herself. It caused her to think for herself. It caused others to say, what are you even talking about? So she looked into Donald Trump, realized that he was actually saying true things and right things, and she got on board supporting him. But the larger point about Donald Trump was, and is, in this show, in this fifth generation warfare topic today, Donald Trump is the boulder in the road to what the left is trying to do to take down this country. Through the pushing of COVID policy, COVID tyranny, the abandonment of the border, we're doing a big piece on the border coming up, but the abandonment of the border, just inflicting COVID tyranny on the American people and pummeling them with fear into submission to doing whatever you're told to do. The weakening of America's military, which is just disastrous for America, given the rise of China. All of this is happening at the behest, at the control of the leftists who want to take America down, of the people who don't believe in America's innate goodness and, and greatness and, and unique greatness. And so America, the, our society is being crumbled by this push of transgenderism, this whole, as Sam Fattis described it, this Marxist movement to instill transgenderism in the minds of people who aren't, aren't able to defend their thought, able to defend their, with clarity what they think and believe. So this transgenderism has just been inflicted, infecting our society. This division along the lines of race, critical race theory, invading our public schools, teaching children that America is all about race and it's all about America being a white supremacist nation or an inherently racist nation, a systemically, uh, institutionally racist country. There was just an anti-Americanism that is at the core of race, critical race theory that was taught in our public schools all over this country. So you have all of these theories rolling along, all the left's takedown of America, ideologically, mentally, through propaganda, and Donald Trump comes along and of all things, convinces Americans to love America convinces Americans to believe in the goodness of America again, convinces Americans to believe that America's best days are ahead, that capitalism is the only avenue to freedom and opportunity and prosperity and abundance for everybody, and that America is the right idea for everybody, and that America needs strong borders so we can't have an abandonment of the borders. America needs a strong military. Donald Trump stood up for all the things, against all the things the left was trying to do. And the left and the propaganda media in this country, and, that, and, and I include, when I say the left in Washington, to be more precise, many of the uniparty cabal piled on and were just fine with this unbelievable attack against Donald Trump. And so they made hysterical reaction to every tweet they didn't like. They contorted things about his life into the most astonishing ethical failing ever to have occurred on the planet Earth even as they're a party on the left filled with people like Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. And, and you could run down the list of leftists, just criminal walking felonies who seem to have no problem with ever, ever with the law. But they made Donald Trump into a monster through propaganda media, through contorting things from his past, exaggerating them, through constant playing of 
first of all, instigating the riots, and then when the riots occur, reporting on them as, look at all these people, they're so angry at Donald Trump. You know, Trump would have rallies in uh, when he was running in 2015 and 2016, and they'd have riots outside. When you stop and ask these idiot rioters, why are you protesting Donald Trump? They didn't even know. They would say, oh, he's, he's you know, heavy breathing, couldn't, if they'd finally fill it with, they go for racist. Really, why is he racist? They couldn't even think of an answer. And this whole manipulation of America, this whole fifth generation warfare, you as the target, you're thinking as a target, is ongoing and it is ongoing toward Donald Trump right now. Because he is the biggest boulder in the road to all the destruction of America that the left has planned. He is the one, now I'm not saying he may not even be the candidate. You know, America, if we had fair elections, but I'm telling you on the conservative side, all the conservatives I know and respect are saying, you know, Donald Trump is, he's going to be the candidate. He's the only one strong enough to withstand this Marxist cabal that is in the process of taking down America. He's the only one. In fact, there was now today, I think it is meant to tell you, I think the ninth Republican senator has now come out and endorsed Donald Trump for president. The people in the middle of the battle in Washington, the Republicans in the Senate, who still love America, who are not sucked in by the deep swamp of, of Washington, the deep state swamp, they understand his role. So whether you like Donald Trump or, or don't, you know, that, that's your choice, but understand the way he was reported in the media, the way he was talked about, this is precisely and exactly the kind of thing that the that was intended by the propaganda media. He was treated to the fifth generation warfare, attacked by the media like nobody in American history. And the more people begin to recognize all the great things that emerged from his first four years as president and how powerful he stands up against the left, those people are starting to realize, yeah, I think we might just have to have Donald Trump again as president. Okay, so the show kind of today all went around uh, this fifth generation warfare idea and recognizing when you're the target and, and that America's the victim. The obvious question for everyone to be asking is, well, who's if this is fifth generation warfare, who's launching it? Who's launching it? What is their goal? And how do we fight it? And, and I'm going to be talking about this much, much more over this next year. Uh, and, you know, the, the who's launching is not just one person. It's not even one little entity, you know, and, and it's a it's, you know, it's a combination of people. The the Obama team uh, who are really running the White House right now. This is really Obama's third term. It is whoever Obama orchestrates and takes uh, wisdom from advice from George Soros comes to mind. Uh, several other leftists are running the place. So it's a orchestrated effort by leftists. That's the first thing to understand, an orchestrated effort by the leftists and, and the deep state people who are really just as happy to keep Trump out of place. But the takedown of America, it is a, we are in the middle of a propaganda war. I'm not gonna to point to one person. I do think it's very possible certain aspects of the war are orchestrated by our own government by the CIA, who really, really want to control much of what the American people think about pretty much everything. So you have, so, so that is one answer. There are more answers and more people, but the orchestration is very real, very deep, very, very real. Okay. So, and then, so what is their goal? And because that's the obvious question, who's doing it? What is their goal? What is their goal? I tell you, ultimately to turn the American people into a bunch of submissive sheep, 
So any change that they want to bring, the new world order in, the, the globalism, the socialism, whatever they want to bring, they've got a bunch of, of sheep who will just go along with what they're told, do what they're told to do, and, and not think for themselves. As long as we're not going to take your life or kidnap your kids, which they will do if you live in Washington, but they'll, they'll let you, if people have that mindset, long as they have my little turf, I'll, I'm going to stay out of it. We can't have that mindset because the answer is they want a nation of sheep. A nation can be manipulated into what they want to be a socialist, you know, globalist controlled, formerly great country. And how do we stop it? Many, many ways to stop it. But one is to recognize when you're being played, seek truth on issue after issue and get in the fight on an issue you care about and understand and can talk about. Okay, I'm now actually out of time today. So I don't only have one slide for today, but the Why It Matters uh, slide for today, I will tell you what Why It Matters to you in one slide. So I believe we have that. Yes, we do. Thank you. Okay, fifth generation warfare. You're the target and America's the victim. PSYOPs and 5G warfare. What's going on? Who's pulling the strings? Popular icon of the black community, Donald Trump, demonized by mainstream media into a raving racist. No connection to reality. Russia collusion fixed the 2016 election, a total fabricated hoax. That was the effort to fix the 2016 election that unfortunately failed. Obvious election rigging in 2020 installed a leftist cabal to rule against the American people. January 6 is emerging as a Fed setup. Pelosi's actions inexplicable, not going for more security. 40 federal agents embedded Tucker videos. COVID, evidence emerging, a pandemic from the start to finish. Vaccine death and injuries. Data are overwhelmingly safe and effective. Data say it's overwhelmingly safe and effective, but narrative continues. Southern border is secure, a transparently ridiculous, malignant lie. Ukraine war. U.S. is involved in undeclared war. Ukraine is losing. Government has blatantly lied. Ukraine war leaks. Nobody, leaves, nobody believes a 21-year-old gamer did this by himself. Trans ideology instantly transformed away from mental illness. It's an attack on Christianity. Riot and crime. Chicago and Compton becoming war zones, but Mayor says, don't blame the kids. And maybe he's right. Blame their parents, blame society. They do need to be brought under control. Five, fifth generation warfare's goal is to win without firing a shot. You are being played. Drive Americans into submission, giving up freedom and individual sovereignty for a false promise of safety and security. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Please tune in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk. And go to our website. If you miss anything from the show, go to americacanwetalk.org. Check it all out there. And thank you for tuning in to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. about America. Can you hear